right. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. We thank God for his goodness and for his mercy. As always, uh, we can't do anything without him. Um, I don't know about you. There isn't anything that I want to do without the Lord. I'm just grateful that we actually have such a wonderful God. Brothers and sisters, we are back again with another lesson in our Bible Matters uh, Bible study series. Uh, this lesson um, for uh, today or for tonight or whenever you actually listen to this, no matter where you are when you listen to this, um, is something that we actually uh, need to hear because I know for a fact that it will bless us tremendously, give us some guidance. And uh, and then there's nothing wrong with having the guidance of the Lord. In fact, we need the guidance of the Lord. I wanna work on something with you all this, uh, uh, this next few minutes here. I wanna talk about uh, a praise in the night. I wanna talk about a praise in the night. That's what we're going to, uh, discuss today. Our Bible study text comes uh, from the book of Psalms. I want you to turn to the 134th number of the Psalms. There you will find a, a collection of three verses. Uh, that is the totality of the uh, of the, uh, the 134th number of the Psalms, just three verses long. Uh, and the Bible reads as follows, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants, of the Lord, which by night, amen, by night, stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord that made heaven and earth. Bless thee out of Zion. Amen. Amen. May the Lord as always have a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. Uh, look at that verse number one again. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, we have in other studies uh, taken the time to do a deep dive into the overall book of Psalms. So this is a study where we actually looked at the book of Psalms in its totality. So a good overview or a survey of the book of Psalm, not meant to be uh, completely exhaustive, but meant to give you a good solid foundation on what the book of Psalms um, is all about. Now, understanding that, I do realize that some of you may not have actually been able to listen to any of that teaching. So just to kind of bring you just a little bit up to speed, I want to talk for just a moment about the book of Psalms, uh, uh, just in general. Uh, the book of Psalms, God used multiple authors, brothers and sisters, uh, to pen the Psalms. Amen. He used many individuals, okay, many holy men of God in order to pen what we know today as the book of Psalms. Now, most of the book of Psalms is attributed to David, amen, and rightfully so. He did write uh, a, a, a vast quantity uh, or majority even of the book of Psalms, but not all of the Psalms were written by David, and that is something that is very important. God used David mightily in the writing of the Psalms, but God did not only use David 
in the writing of the Psalms. There are other authors that God used, that he moved on with his spirit in order to give them the words that we hold uh, today uh, in our hands comprising the book of Psalms. Now, the Psalms are typically arranged into five books. Amen. And this arrangement really comes from the Hebrew Torah and the Greek Septuagint. So this is the way they are arranged there or the way that they are um, um, viewed there. They're, they are viewed as five books, okay? And these books, so to speak, amen, these books really kind of pattern themselves after the uh, the first five books of the Bible. So the, the, so the Pentateuch, as we would would call that, amen, this would comprise um, much of the, the Hebrew Torah, okay? And so we have this five book collection um, uh, within the book of Psalms. Psalms one uh, all the way to 41 would comprise the first book. The second book would be Psalms 42 through 72. The third would be 73 all the way to 89. And the fourth would be Psalms 90 all the way to 106. And then finally, the fifth book would be comprised of Psalms 107 all the way to 150. These sections all together make up those five um, uh, divisions, five book divisions uh, in which the uh, Psalms are typically arranged in. Now, these books can be further subdivided, okay, in many ways. However, one of the more common ways, okay, in which um, it is subdivided, okay, it's divided into five books, but it can be subdivided, those five books, even further. And the way that it is commonly subdivided is by theme and genre, okay? So it's subdivided typically by theme and genre. And when it is subdivided that way, there are usually about uh, seven divisions, okay, um, by which they can't, the Psalms are grouped or categorized or subgrouped or subcategorized, amen, amen. So there's usually about seven um, uh, groups. Um, there is an eighth um, also, and I'll bring that up in, in just a moment, but for background purposes, the seven groups, typical groups, okay, uh, would be uh, Psalms of Praise. Uh, an example of that would be Psalms 92. Psalms of Lament, an uh, example of that would be Psalms 27. Uh, Psalms of Trust, okay. Uh, an example, Psalms 91 is a psalm of trust. Uh, there are hymn psalms, amen. Uh, psalms 122 is an example of that. There are thanksgiving psalms. Um, psalms 34 would be a perfect example of that type. Uh, there are psalms of wisdom, okay, wisdom psalms. And uh, Psalms 50 is uh, a great example of that. And then there are royal psalms, okay? And uh, these royal psalms, uh, a good example of that one would be Psalms 110, amen. Praise the Lord. Those are typically the, uh, the seven groupings or subgroupings rather that the psalms tend to be broken down into. Now I mentioned very briefly that there was, um, that there can be viewed and there kind of, and there is an eighth. There, the eighth group um, um, that, um, that emerges 
really emerges from within the seven subcategories. And that eighth group that emerges from within the seven uh, subcategories is really what, what uh, can be looked at as the, uh, a grouping entitled prophetic. Okay, so there are seven groups, but from within the seven groups, there is almost an eighth group that also emerges, and that is the um, prophetic group. Now, it, it emerges, uh, an example of that, let me give you an example. Uh, an example of that would be Psalms 34, okay? Um, now, Psalms 34, okay, Psalms 34 is a... a is a thanksgiving psalm within the seven categories, within the seven categories or subcategories that I named. Psalms 34 is actually a psalm of thanksgiving. That is its primary kind of uh, category. But, uh, but it is also part, but it, but it also contains within it, okay, and not every psalm has this, and you'll, but but Psalms 34 is one that actually contains prophetic statements uh, within it. Okay, and and so those Psalms uh, that tend to have those prophetic statements, Amen. If you were to pull those statements out. Okay, and by prophetic, we're talking about those psalms that really talk about the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, okay, or his mission and, and all that he was going to do. If you were to go among the seven categories within all of the psalms and pull out the psalms of that are prophetic in nature, then you could kind of come away with an eighth group, a prophetic group, if you will. Psalms 34, uh, verse 20 says this, he keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Amen. That's a prophetic psalm. That's a prophetic psalm speaking to the fact that when Jesus was crucified, typically the Romans, what they would do in order to make sure that the person who, who was being executed by way of crucifixion, one thing that they would do is they would break his bones. They would break the, the, the person who was convicted, they would break their bones in order to, um, to really kind of speed up that suffocation, so to speak, uh, while they were on that cross. They would do that. But the Bible um, teaches us here, this prophetic statement is in reference to the fact that Jesus's bones would not be broken. Why? He would give up the ghost, or in other words, he would die before there was a need for them to actually break the bones. So when they would go around to see if he was dead or whatnot, he would already have been dead. So that's a prophetic statement. That's Psalms uh, 34, and that's verse 20 uh, in particular, okay? Now, with that being said, Psalms 134, okay? Amen. Psalms 134 um, really talks about praising Yahweh, okay? Or, 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 or God Almighty in the temple at night. Now, the genre of this particular um, this particular psalm, Psalms 134, is that of the hymn genre. Okay, so this one, this particular psalm here. All right. Now, all of the psalms are to be sung. All of them are. 
You can all of the psalms are can can be sung, but there is a group within the psalms, okay, that was specifically designated as a song, okay? Many times you're looking in psalms and sometimes you're looking at prayers and other things as, as in addition to psalms. But there is a genre within the psalms that is called hymn, amen, and Psalms 134 happens to be one of them. Psalms 134 is also part of the greater um the greater collection of the with um the uh, of books um which would have it placed squarely in book number five, okay? Because remember, the first division is into books, and there were five books, and then you have your subdivisions. The, the writer of the 134th number of the Psalms, brothers and sisters, is not known. So we don't know who exactly uh, God used, per se, in order to pin that particular psalm. But in that psalm, when you deep dive into it, when you begin to study it, you do see certain themes within Psalms 134 that emerge. You're going to see the theme of blessing and creation. You're going to see the theme of holiness running through those three verses that we read. Amen. And that comprises the totality of Psalms 134. Then you also see themes of the tabernacle and thankfulness, and you also see themes of worship. Amen. All of that stuff is running throughout those three three verses that are in Psalms 134. And brothers and sisters, that's a good thing for us to know. And that's something that we want to, we want to know that kind of stuff. Amen. Amen. Now, when we get to our scripture here, the Bible says in Psalms 134, looking at verse number one, behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. All right. So verse number one tells us, say, tells us, bless the Lord. Okay. It says, behold. All right. That means pay attention in this particular instance. All right. When he says, behold, he's saying, pay attention. And then we're given some instruction, bless the Lord. Amen. We're given instructions to bless the Lord. That word bless really means the sense of that word is to is to is to verbally um, speak words of excellence. Amen. So that's really what that means when we talk about bless the Lord, speak excellence, speak of his excellence, use words, verbally use words. Don't just think it but say it out loud. If you're able to speak, you're able to, to, to make a noise, that's what that's talking about. It's telling us to speak out the excellence of God. All right. Amen. Bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord. That word Lord is in all capitals. So that is the covenant name of God. That's Yahweh. Amen. This is the contractual name of God, so to speak. So when God makes a covenant and God signs the, the bottom line, this is what he signs it with. Amen. In other words, this is like this is this is that in the Old Testament um, that we're referring to. That's how God signed it. Amen. Amen. When he's creating a covenant or whatnot, he used that he uses his covenant name. Amen. When he's in and 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 a covenant is a contract. It's an agreement. Amen. And so when God make his agreement or will make his agreement with us, with mankind, and I'm glad that he does. Glory to God. Our salvation is part of that new covenant. Amen. 
Amen. That better covenant. Glory to God. Yet and still in the Old Testament, when we see the prophecies of this or we see the speaking of this, God introduced or God signs this thing. God says, this is this is the, I am the Lord. He uses Yahweh. Amen. So it's good to know that we it's in, and 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 please do try not to forget that. Amen. Because that really is the equivalent, so to speak, of God signing his legal name, if you will, so to speak. Amen. Or letting you know that, hey, it's me. Now, in the New Testament, you have to understand in the Old Testament, they didn't the 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 the, the name that we have, the, uh, not all of the names were revealed. Amen. So that so that name that we have. Uh, that we know God by as Jesus, amen, amen. That name was not revealed. They didn't know that, amen. That name was further revealed, amen, and is and is all been authorized and is the only name that's authorized for us to use in our prayer, amen, in salvation, in casting out unclean spirits. And it, it, it listen, doesn't matter. It's all done in the name of Jesus. Amen. But in the Old Testament, prior to all of that, not knowing all of those things, we have the covenant name of God. We have Yahweh. Amen. Amen. When we see the lowercase um, Lord, that's usually uh, Adonai. Amen. That's usually talking. That's usually meaning Lord. But when we see the capital L-O-R-D, all of our capital, that's the covenant name of God. Amen. And, and, and that, 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 listen, God, that means God almighty. Amen. Amen. Is talking. That means God almighty and all of them. And, 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 and God almighty is making, has made an agreement. God almighty has agreed to do something. Amen. That's what we're talking about when we start dealing with covenant. And nevertheless, the Bible says, all ye servants of the Lord, all ye servants of Yahweh. Amen which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Now, what are we talking about here? Uh, which by night stand in the house of the Lord? Because remember, what we're talking about uh, overall is a praise in the night, and we're going to get to that. Now, here plain, plainly, we see the servants of the Lord being told to bless the Lord, amen, and the and but the servants in particular that are being spoken of are the ones which stand in the house of the Lord by night. Now, if you turn your Bible to First Chronicles chapter nine, and I want you to look at verse 33, amen, we find out who it is uh, that the Bible is talking about or is referencing. First so Chronicles 9:33 says this, and these are the singers, chief of the fathers of the Levites, who remaining in the chambers, amen, were free, for they were employed in that work day and night, amen, who remaining in the chambers were free, for they were employed in that work day and night. Now, to make to to bring this into perspective, what we're talking about here in First Chronicles, we have a description of a particular group of individuals who were part of the Levitical tribe. Amen. Now, the tribe of Levi or the Levites. Amen. This was the tribe that God chose to preside over the temple and everything concerning, you know, Aaron was a Levite, amen. And he was the priest and his whole household, his whole lineage, all of them had the responsibility of taking care of the temple of God, amen, the tabernacle, 
all right and all of uh and and all of the worship that went on there all of the sacrificing and all of that but here's the thing the levitical tribe as with all the other tribes was a big group amen and not all of them did the exact same thing so within the levitical tribe amen there were groups who did certain things. You had gatekeepers and you had the priests, those who were responsible for the sacrifices. You had all of these different things. You also had a group within the Levites who were singers. Amen. They were the singers. And the Bible's telling you here in 1 Chronicles 9.33 that these singers, amen, were the chief of the fathers of the Levites who remaining in the chambers were free for they were employed in that work day and night. So they were responsible for the music, for the praise and for the worship that went on in the tabernacle. Now, when he's telling us who were remaining in the chambers were free, as we read there, what the scripture is trying to tell you here is, is that they didn't have any other duties other than this. That's what that's really telling you. It means that they were in the tabernacle. They were there for the sole purpose of worshiping and singing and, orga and organizing that worship and that singing day and night. Amen. Day and night. And so what we have here, when we go back to Psalms 134, and we look at verse one, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand what? In the house of the Lord. So he, they're being told those who stand in the house of the Lord by night are who? Those were the singers, the Levitical singers, amen. They were of the priests, they were of the tribe of Levi, they were Levites, but they were assigned a particular task, and that task was to take care of the worship, amen, that went on in the tabernacle. So when he says, behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. He's talking specifically, amen. This is a call, amen. Or this is a call to praise and to sing and to worship by those whose duty it was to do just that, to praise and worship. And their duty was to do that by night and by day. Amen. Amen. Remember, we get the day part when we go back to 1 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 33. These are the singers, the chief of the fathers of the Levites, who remaining in the chambers, what, were free, meaning they didn't have any other duties other than what's getting ready to come up. Why? For they were employed, amen, that was their job, in that work day and night. They were involved in that. They had to make sure that that was going on. Amen. That praise and that worship. Now, let's move a little bit further and let's talk about some things. Amen. Amen. So we know now that he's talking to the, um, in particular, he's talking about those Levites whose duty it was to praise and to worship the Lord at night. Amen. As well as the day, which we learned that part when we look at First Chronicles 9 and 33, and we look at that B portion. Nevertheless, that is their duty. That is what they are assigned to. They are of that priesthood. They're of that household 
of Levi that have been assigned to take care of the household of God. And there are were so many of them, not all of them were assigned to carry out the same exact task. They had different tasks. Amen. And so part of that and one group among them was that of the singers. Nevertheless, they were instructed to bless the Lord. And he's talking specifically up to the ones who were on the night shift. Amen. Glory to God. They were on the night shift. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to talk to you a little bit uh, about this and deal and dig into this because Praise and worship and these things are things that we, especially with the season that we're running into and that we are in, we can't afford to be devoid of this knowledge. Why? Because we got to know how to stand. We've got to be able to stand uh, in this time and in this season. God is moving. Amen. Amen. And there and pressures at an all time high and it's going to be easy to get discouraged. Many of you listen to this now. You already are feeling the, the 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 feeling the effects of discouragement and all these different things. Well, brothers and sisters, my prayer is that by the end of this, you're going to have something to praise about. You're going to have something uh, to shout about and to worship the Lord uh, about. Nighttime in Scripture, when we start looking at it metaphorically, okay, when we start to examine nighttime in Scripture, nighttime in Scripture is different. Amen. 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 Nighttime in scripture, the reason why that is, is because nighttime, when we start talking about night in scripture, amen. Amen. It does not just uh, mean or represent hard times. Amen. Amen. But it can also tend to deal with the emotions that we feel during those hard times. When we talk about nighttime, it being night in our life, or we're in a night season, we typically what is meant is, is that we're going through a rough period. Typically what's meant is that I'm having a hard time where things are not so good. Things are not so, are not so, are not so great, but it's more than that. When we start talking about nighttime and we start looking at it from a metaphorical or, 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 or in a spiritual sense, it's probably a better way of saying that in a spiritual sense, it also kind of represents or also kind of um, holds to or deals with the feelings that, 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 that we go through. Amen. So not only is, am I in a difficult time, but, but these difficult times are starting to get to me. These difficult times are starting to weigh me down. I, I, I'm feeling depressed. When we start talking about nighttime, we're talking about more than just things being difficult in society. What we're also talking about is how it is impacting me, amen, on an emotional level, amen, amen. How is it impacting me on a mental level? It's dealing, it's going, when we start talking about nighttime, it being night in our life, and we're talking about it from a spiritual standpoint, okay? When we do this, we're dealing with the impacts of, of tough situations and the way they make us feel. We start to feel like it's like it's not like it's it's not going to be all right. We we start to feel like things are going to stay the same. We begin to feel as though things will never get better. We begin to feel as though that we are on our own. We begin to feel as though we have been left. We begin to feel as though we have been abandoned. These are the feelings that happen when it's nighttime, when it's nighttime, 
in our life. We don't, we, we, we're not the most outgoing when it's nighttime. We don't, we don't, we're not jovial when it's nighttime. When it's nighttime in our life, we, we, we're feeling the pains of what's happening maybe in society or happening in our lives or any other circumstance or situation where things can happen that are negative. And now it's starting to weigh me down. It's starting to get to me. Amen. 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 It's starting to, 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 to bother me. Now, nighttime in the physical sense, when we start looking at this, nighttime typically represented in scripture. Okay. Now we're talking about in the natural sense here, and we'll get back to the other one. But in the natural sense, nighttime represent or comprised of suns of that period of time, uh, sunset to or sunrise. Amen. Okay. So it, it so night in scripture in the physical sense refers to the time after sunset if we are to be more specific it's the time after sunset and before sunrise while it is dark outside amen amen sometimes uh limited or dealt with as or viewed as sunset to as being from sunset to the middle of the night Amen. But 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 for all intents and purposes, it's just before that transition to early morning. Amen. Amen. So it's right before it's it, it's when it starts to get dark. Amen. And all of that is referred to as night. That's that's night. It's it's that period. Um, just, you know, it's it, it's it's that period right after sunset. Amen. And it is that it is also referred to as that period just before sunrise, while it's still dark, early in the morning, but still dark outside. Now that's what it means in, in, the, in the natural. Now when we take that and we start to move into the spiritual, you'll notice that that um, is a, a span of time, amen, amen. Because it's the time after sunset, amen, and before sunrise, right? And then when sunrise gets ready to kick in, it's that it's it's that point. It's also considered that point, that transitionary point, just before we the 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 daylight begins to break. And all of that, amen, is considered nighttime. Amen. Amen. Nighttime now moving into the spiritual sense, or to nighttime, oftentimes, brothers and sisters, is a period. Amen. It's a period, and it can represent for us. Amen. A almost like a season, a, 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 a period of time that is that is that is uh, that is difficult for us. In other words, it's it, it can also represent the, a season um, that I'm going through or a span of time that I'm going through where things are just not going the way that I want them to go. Maybe they're not going the way that I thought they should go. Maybe I didn't even, I didn't even, I, I wasn't even thinking about it going this way or that way, but I certainly didn't anticipate the bottom seemingly falling out. But no matter what it is, life has a way of bringing you periods of night. Periods where it is difficult, unless you have a light source, amen, it can be difficult to see. It can be difficult for you to see your way for you to be able to determine which way that you are going. And it can feel because nighttime is a span of time. 
then in the spiritual sense, if we applicate that or bring that in, you know, apply that to us, amen, because night is a span of time. There are periods in our lives where brothers and sisters, it can seem like you are in the just the, the maw of hard times and difficulties, and it can seem like it is lasting for quite a while. You want it to be over. You want to hurry up and get off that train. You, 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 you're waiting for the sun to break forth, but it feels like it won't. It feels like you're stuck. There are periods, there are times, brothers and sisters, where it seems like, man, when it rains, it pours. Amen. There are some times where it feels like the rain is just going to keep on falling. You feel like you're just not going to make it. You feel like you just cannot make it. But brothers and sisters, Psalms 30. Amen. Looking at verse number four, the Bible says this, sing unto the Lord. O ye his saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of what? His holiness. That means remember his pureness. Remember his truthfulness. Amen. Remember that he doesn't change. Amen. Amen. Verse number five, for his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Night can feel like it's going to stay that way. And sometimes, you know what? It seems like it's going to be dark for a while because after all, the night period is a span of time. Amen. There is a start to the night to the nightfall and there is an end to it. And sometimes in your life, things can happen and you will be on and it will range the spectrum will range as to where you are in what's going on in your life. You might be at the beginning of nightfall, amen, and, and or some of you may be in the middle of a nighttime situation. You've been praying, you've been asking God to do something, and, and you're in a situation, and man, it is, it is troublesome. It is something that is completely bothersome, and you're waiting for things to change, amen. Job said, yet in all my appointed time, will I wait till what? Till my change come. And sometimes you're in that, that, that in, in, you're in that period where you're waiting for God to move. You're waiting for him to show up and, and, to, and, and, and to do something. Amen. But while you're waiting, it's night. Oh, glory to God. It's night. It can feel like it is night and it can feel like it is going to stay night for a while. And so you're looking for hope. But again, Psalms 30, verse 5, that B portion, what does it tell us? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. The intent here is, is that the weeping is going to be temporary. Oh, I might be down. I might feel that way, and I might be full of tears. But you know what, brothers and sisters? I'm not going to stay that way. No, 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 no. Why? Because we still serve a God that hears us. We still serve a God that is able to do above and beyond whatever it is that we can come up with. Amen. Amen. He's still a prayer answering God. Amen. He's still a prayer 
answering God. Nevertheless, look at what we are commanded to do in Psalms 134. See, what? notice I, the transition. I said what we are, are commanded to do. Amen. But Brother Walker, you said that that was talking about the um, Levitical, the, 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 the Levitical priests. Yes. But the Bible teaches us in the New Testament, don't you know, that we are a royal priesthood. Amen. That we have been made a kingdom of priests unto the Lord. Do you not know that we are the priests in spirit? Amen. 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 We are now we have been brought into the family of God. We have been made heirs and joint heirs with Christ. We are ambassadors of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but we are also priests of his kingdom. Amen. So when he's talking about the priests, brothers and sisters, guess what? You don't get out of that. He's talking to you. He's talking right directly to me. Amen. And so we have a command in verse number one that tells us, behold, bless ye the Lord. Speak and I told you about that word bless. It means to speak words of excellence about. That's the sense of what it means. Amen. Amen. He tells us to speak words of excellence about Yahweh, about our Lord. And he says specifically to you, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something. And I want to share it. I want to share it with you. Amen. That sometimes although it's night, you still got to stand. Amen. 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 We still have to stand even when it's night. See, you got to understand something. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. Why? Because the night coming where no man can work. Amen. So in other words, I got to get the work done during the day. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you today that the work is for the day. Amen. Amen. But when the night comes, glory to God. Notice what the scripture tells us. I just I gave it to you in First Chronicles 9.33, who remaining in the chambers were free for they were employed in that work. He's talking about the singers. How when were they employed? Day and night. They were day and night. That means the singers, glory of these priests, of these, 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 these individuals that have been designated who are from the Levitical tribe. Amen. Glory to God. Their responsibility was to bless the Lord during working hours. Glory to God. Do you hear what I'm telling you? They were employed. They were instructed. They were designated to bless the Lord during the day. And notice what, remember what Jesus told us, got to work the work during the day. Amen. So in other words, they were, their job was to bless the Lord during the working hours. Amen. But I love it. Glory to God. They were also employed to bless the Lord at night. See, listen, listen, work is for the day. Glory to God. In this sense, the work is for the day. There's a time and there's a period, brothers and sisters, when we talk about during the day. Amen. Amen. What I'm talking about, because I need to bring this, because I don't want you to get caught up in thinking that we're just talking about, oh, physical day and physical night. No, because there are people who work at night physically. We're not talking about that. We got to move from that. 
We have to move into the realm of the spirit. Amen. When we talk about working during the day, what that means or refers to is working while you have the ability to work, while you are able to do. It means doing what you have been assigned to do while you are able to do it. Why? Because there's going to come a point where the work is finished or there is nothing more for you to do. This, brothers and sisters, can occur in any of life's situations. There is a point, there is something that you are able to do in at certain points in cert certain situations. But there are times where you get to the place where you have done all that you can do. Amen. Glory to God. I hope you hear the spirit of the Lord talking to you right now. There comes a point where you have done everything that you can do. And I hear the writer telling me in Ephesians, having done all to stand, stand therefore. You've got to, listen, there comes a point where you have exhausted what you can do. You've given that word, you've pushed and you've shared and you've done the work of God to the best of your ability. You've loved with everything that you have. You've prayed for that somebody. You've, you've pushed, you've tried to encourage, you've tried to admonish them. You've tried to bring them to the place where they were able to stand and, and maybe they didn't quite get there, but you've gone as far as you can go. And now, it's becoming out of your hands. Now there's nothing more that you can do. You've entered a night situation. You've entered a night period. And there's nothing more that you can do except praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. I hope you hear it. I hope you hear it. I hope that you hear it. I might not be able to do anything else. I might have gone as far as I can physically go. Amen. But you know what? When I have gone as far as I can go, and it seems like situations are not going to get any better, and it seems like things are not going to change, let me tell you what my next step is. My next step is, is to break out my holy dance. My next step is, is to lift up my voice. My next step is, is to worship the Lord, my God, with everything that I have. Why? Because work the working period might have ended, but you. But but let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost party is just now beginning. The time for me to praise. The time for me to worship. That's just getting started. Glory to God. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. I I hope you hear it. 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 I hope that you do. I really, really, truly hope that you get what's going on because your praise, brothers and sisters, because when we talk about praising in the night, we're talking about praising God when we don't feel like it. We're talking about worshiping God when we can't when 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 we can't seem to find the words because life has gotten to us, circumstance have gotten to us, situations have gotten to us. We want to curl up in a ball. We want to retreat. We want to lick our wounds and we want to we want to we want to call time out. 
We want to be dusted and disgusted and, and, and we don't know how to move and we don't even feel like we can. We don't seem, we don't, can, we look for the strength, but we don't seem to have it. But brothers and sisters, that's when you got to praise the most. That's when you got to shout the most. That's when you got to dance before the Lord the hardest. That's when you got to go 1,000 for God. That's when you got to give him everything you got. Like you're not going to have another opportunity because the God that we serve, number one, is worthy. And number two, Two, he will show up because the God that we serve, brothers and sisters, he's still inhabiting the praises of his people. Brothers and sisters, you got to understand that it is the shout of the Lord that topples the walls. Amen. Glory to God. I hope you're here and I hope you're remembering glory to God. What happened to Jericho when the saints began to shout, the shout of the Lord topples walls, brothers and sisters. It's the shout of the Lord. It's the praises of the Lord that will turn the tide of battle. It is the shout of the Lord that heralds victory. It is the praises of the Lord that defies defeat. Glory to God. It's the praises of the Lord that confounds the enemy. Glory to God. It's the praises and the worship of Yahweh, of God Almighty, of Jesus Christ, our Lord, that disrupts the rhythm and the flow of the enemy. Amen. 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 And why does it do it? Well, I just told you. But maybe you need some scriptures to back that up. Maybe you need a scripture. Psalms 22 and 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. This is the scripture where we get that phrasing that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. See, when you praise, when you don't feel like it, when you've gone as far as you can go and it doesn't seem like nothing's going to change and you can't go any further, you got to learn to dance before the Lord. You got to learn to praise and worship the Lord. You've got to learn to do it. And sometimes praising the Lord doesn't mean you get to do it in the most convenient time. Sometimes you got to praise and you got to worship at night. Glory to God when it's not working, when the lights are out, when it has fallen apart, and, and, or so it seems. You've got to learn to worship the Lord right then and right there. Why? Because when you praise and when you worship the Lord, glory to God, God still inhabits the praises of his people. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Because when I praise, God is right there. Glory to God. Glory to God. When I praise and when I worship, praise will reset the board if you're losing. Glory to God. Praise will start the game over if you're already lost. Glory to God. Praise will turn the light back on when everything else has, has seemingly posted itself against any hope of the light coming back on. No praise will turn it right back on. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, he said, bless 
ye the Lord. And I told you that that word meant speak words of excellence. How do I praise him in the night? How do I find my nighttime praise? How do I do this man of God? Because I'm tired right now. And I feel like I can't go not one more step. I'm trying to be hopeful. But I am as blue as the day is long. It's gray in my life. The winds are turbulent. The waters are tumultuous. And I don't know how I'm going to make it. But that word blessed said speak words of excellence. What does that mean? That means that in your nighttime situation, no matter what it is, no matter where you are, doesn't matter. This, this here is going to work no matter where you are, no matter what you're in. This is going to work. This is going to work for you. If you're a child of God, this is going to work for you. Now, if you're not a child of God, that's not going to work for you. You got to repent of your sins. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. You got to go down in water and you got to let him fill you with the Holy Ghost so that these promises can apply to you. Amen. But if you are of the household of faith, then these promises apply to you. And when that songwriter said, bless the Lord, which simply meant to speak words of excellence about, you got to speak about the excellent things that God does. Amen. In other words, you got to go back and you got to say, you got to, you got to praise God. You got to say, God, you are still that God that shut the mouth of lions. You are still that God that pulled the heat out of the fire. You are still that God that puts food on the table. You are still that God that brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. You are still that God. You got to remind God. You got to tell him he already know it, but he just want to hear it from you. You just start talking about what God has done. Even if you don't know and you feel like I can't pull up what God is doing for me right now because I'm so hurt, that's all right. Don't you, You'll get there. Just start with reminding and just calling out what God has already done. Lord, you are a strong tower. Lord, you are invincible. Lord, you are a shield and you are a buckler. Lord, you're my right hand and my left. Lord, you are my defense. Lord, and I remember what you did. I know how, how I, God, I still remember how your word tells me that you made a way out of no way. You did it for Elisha. You did it for Elisha. You did it for Moses. You did it for Daniel. You did it for Abraham. You did it for Peter. You did it for Paul. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Are you hearing that? I hope you are. I hope you are. I hope you are. You got to bless God. You got to bless God. You got to bless him with everything that you got. Verse number two of 134, Psalms 134, say, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. 
The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. Uh-oh, what does that mean? See, if you take the collection of these things, he's telling the servants whose duty it is, and it's your duty, to worship the Lord when things are good and when things are bad. It's your duty. Now, when it's bad, that's the hardest time. But that is when you need strength the most. That is when you need the presence of God the most. That is when you need to praise because God lives in his praise. Glory to God. When you need God to show up, just praise. And he'll be right there. He'll be right there. See, as soon as you begin to worship, he done already showed up. Why? Because he inhabits the praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. And you got to stand in the house of the Lord. Lifting up your hands in the sanctuary. What are we talking about? Well, when we talk about the house of the Lord and we talk about the sanctuary, you know what we're actually talking about? We're talking about the presence of God. When you begin to praise the Lord, you now have the undivided attention and audience with God. Why? How do I know that? Because we just read this other scripture. He inhabits the praise. When you begin to praise, the Lord God Almighty shows up. He come to watch how you dance before him. He come to watch how you say amen. He comes to do all of that. All of that. And when you do all of that, well, look at verse number three, Psalms 134. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. Zion is one of, if I'm not mistaken, Jerusalem was built on several hills and Zion, sometimes spelled with an S, sometimes spelled with a Z, was the largest hill upon which the city of Jerusalem was built upon. And when we talk about Zion, that's the physical side of it, but it also represents the household of God. So what he's actually telling you is that when by night you bless the Lord, when at night you bless the Lord, from within the presence of God, then from out of his presence, who? The Lord who made heaven and earth he will in turn bless you. God bless you, brothers. I hope that this has been a help to you and that it will help you find your way to praise and worship of the Most High, even at night. Brothers and sisters, God bless you. Until next time.